Hey, howdy, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Culture's Corner, where the best opinions gather on this corner of the globe. It's been a fun year of competition between nearly 350 schools and the Collegiate League of Legends Championship for the 2019 season. It's set to begin tomorrow with our final eight teams set to duke it out between May 23rd and May 26th for the Tyler Champion. This episode, I'm joined by William Travis Powers, known as the indelible Travesty, who's spent the entire season covering the North Carolina State University League of Legends team during their journey through the CLO season. Travi, first of all, how are you, man? And thank you for joining the show. Yeah, I, I'm fantastic, man. I'm just ready to be here and talk about some Collegiate League of Legends, man, because I feel like the Collegiate scene is so quickly overlooked, and it's criminal at this point. It definitely has been a fantastic experience, especially with this season with a lot of things that they did. And speaking of which, I mean, going through, we're not even going to talk about the stage before. The play-ins, we had 16 teams and only four qualified, and... It was kind of crazy because they had it where the top teams from the two groups, they made it in automatically to the championship. And then the final couple teams had to play through a playoff bracket. Now, one of them was your team, NCSU. The other one was Columbia College, who we're usually not used to saying is in that situation, period. And they won theirs both 2-0. And I just want to talk overall, how intense was the road to get here for these eight teams, seeing that it was 350 teams that competed this year? I mean, honestly, like when I was going through the regular season, just in the South Division, uh, as a lot of my focus was, it was very intense as the season went on because as you're playing, as you're picking up wins, your competition's actually getting tougher as the season went along. So you couldn't rest. You pick up a clean, like, victory one day, and then the next day, the next week, you go in there and you're just like, oh, wait, we're against a team. That's a little bit closer to our skill level, and it keeps going and going until you might get into a situation like NCSU was in their regular season. They ended up going against VTech, who was one of the very, very strong teams over in the South Division throughout the regular season, and they were all of a sudden like, oh wait, there's actually somebody here who can knock us down. It was very stressful for a lot of teams that I talked to personally, talking to their staff and players and whatnot, trying to make sure they're prepared. And then getting into the play-in stage, too. You have such a variety. And I gotta say, when I looked at, like, Group B, right? Group B was terrifying for me. NCSU was in Group B. And we had Michigan State University and Columbia College. And that's terrifying. And then you look over at Group A. And Group A had University of Waterloo, San Jose State University, and University of Texas at Austin. Which, by the way, UT Austin is the team that beat NCSU in the finals in our division. So that is another thing where I was like looking at Group A like, all right, how is UT Austin doing? How are they doing? <laughs> yeah, so you guys kind of lucked out then because you ended up playing San Jose State and 2 <laughs> them instead of having to <laughs> – face off against Columbia <laughs> College or basically like you said any of those other teams because we've always known if you're in from the south region like my school is Georgia State that UT Austin schools of like that are always very good every single year and you brought up a point earlier that was interesting what's the scrim culture like in collegiate now because when I was involved with our team as a manager and also the head coach at one point at Georgia State it was kind of hectic there's a lot of, we try and set scrim blocks, last minute, people might flake on you, you have no more scrims. It's a little bit more structured now, like you said, having 
so many different teams to choose from that one team that you scrim might not be that good. The other team you scrim will blow you out of the water possibly during the scrim block. And you're like, where did these guys come from? Uh, well, I can answer that very easily, actually, because even though I wasn't uh, involved in any, like, uh, the process for them setting up scrims, just from knowing the players and stuff like that, one of the beauties right now in the collegiate scene is not just the fact that you can have all these different kind of scrim partners, right? You can make connections with different players. Uh, you have a very friendly environment, actually, when you're getting into chat. Right before champs left, everybody's still joking around a lot of times. Uh, I remember when uh, NCSU took on Duke uh, in week two of the regular season. Uh, all the joking that was going around between the two teams and actually seeing a former NCSU player actually over on another team was also another cool thing to see. Uh, a lot of these teams are joking around and enjoying each other's company and are really being able to enjoy it. And I, I, I take from that that these teams are able to share some of the knowledge, some of the things that they like as well. But another thing that's beautiful right now in League of Legends is the amateur scene is actually flourishing. And do you see a lot of these successful collegiate teams actually participate in the amateur scene? And I think that actually elevates the competition, especially for these top teams out there in the collegiate. Because they're grinding away not against, except, like, not just the collegiate teams. They're actually going against the best that the amateur scene also has to offer. And I really think that that's another thing. Like, scrim culture back in the day was like, Pray that you can find somebody that's going to stick to your schedule. Please don't cancel on Please. I just I just want to scrim. Now it's much more like, okay, well, you don't have to rely on a scrim because you can just enter into, like, a league that you see has decent competition. And you can say, okay, this is actually something that will help us grow in the long run to set them up for success as they get into the Collegiate Championships. And it's that path to success that – led all eight of these teams to be here in LA now. And I thought that was something that was really cool is that they mm -hmm. fly all the teams out to LA. They get to use the scrim rooms, the practice rooms that the actual professional teams use. I know mm -hmm. NCSU was in the cloud nine room. And yep. you speak about how all these teams kind of know each other. That's something that's not really known about traditional sports as well is that a lot of the players actually know each other. It's not uncommon to have a player from say like a Duke know a player from a North Carolina intimately just because they played an AU together or they played in some sort of travel ball together. But on that note, and talking about the teams, who's the favorite to win this year's title? Because a lot of the teams that we Ooh. have, there are regular attendees. We have some new ones like North Carolina State. Is it still Maryville the favorite? They have some stiff competition in Columbia College, but they don't look the same as they used to. UC Irvine is back. Who, are, who would you bet your chips on? Non unbiasedly, because I know you got a little bit of a stake in it this year. <laughs> I, I really, I, I do. I, you know, I got a feel for my boys over at NC State. Uh, there's a lot of stiff competition. I think all these teams are really good. Um, Columbia College, like you said, is probably not so much as my favorite going into this. Uh, but even if you like look at the bracket, right? Like the teams that have to face each other. Like a lot of these matchups, you're looking at them like, oh my god, this is the first round. What? Because, I mean, you've got the University of Illinois taking on University of Waterloo. Uh, very beginning, you've got Maryville versus NCSU. you got MSU taking on uh, Western University. And then you got uh, UC Irvine taking on Columbia College. Like, you got so many great matchups right there, right in your face. But I feel like it would be dishonest to say... 
I don't think Maryville is going to win it. I think that they are favorites for sure. But I actually have a little bit more... I'm leaning more towards the other side of the bracket. I'm looking at Michigan State a little bit more. And I oh, feel I like feel Michigan like State might be the surprise team to really come out and catch some people off guard. I, I think that's who I'm going to put my stakes on. Because as you know me, Coach, I don't like... I don't like to go with just the main team, the one that has the best chance to win. I got to go with my heart. And I, I personally, I feel like Michigan State has really been looking clean. If you looked at their performance in the Big Ten Network, they were very good in that. They were actually very shockingly good in a lot of different scenarios. Uh, so I want to see how they're going to play in the meta, and I want to see exactly what they have to pick. Because the collegiate scene also adds this fresh thing, this fresh aspect from the amateur scene. That they tend to smoosh all together. And uh, that's because people have pocket picks that are much more widely used. While you see that sometimes in competitive, it's much more what's good right now. And then in the collegiate, it's what's good and what have you found a way to make good. And Michigan State's that team that I feel like can find things that are good that they make or that they find that are just like okay. And they make them great. They make them good. They find ways to utilize weird picks that you might not go against every single day and really utilize it. So Michigan State's your dark horse, correct? I'm going with Michigan State, yes. So how would you plot their path to the finals? Is there like a team that they had to avoid? I mean, Western University is their first comp, uh, matchup, number three seed. So already that's hard. But there, do you want to be like, well, they got to avoid this person and get there? Or is it like they, they can beat anybody? You know, this Michigan State team is that good that they can beat anyone on any given Sunday. They're ready for this type of competition, for this challenge. Well, on that side of the bracket is the hardest side of the bracket. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you, like you said, you got Western University right off the get-go. And then after that, you have to face off the winner between uh, UC Irvine or Columbia College. That That's not easy either. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's not a good time to actually look at uh, what it is. They actually have the hardest one, uh, whereas on the other side, I think it's a little bit easier. Not by much, but it is a little bit easier. Uh, but I definitely I, – I feel like they just had the straight-up win. I feel like MSU, their strength lies, and they're probably the team that could lose to anybody but also beat anybody. I feel like they're the most likely to be able to beat any team. So that's probably why I want to put some on them, uh, but I, I want to I want to stick with them. I want to stick with them. I have a lot of interest in MSU. I want to really see what they do. Watching them on Big Ten Network and then watching them uh, inside a group stage, uh, inside the play-ins was a treat to watch. I mean, they were one of the seven O teams inside of play-ins, which definitely speaks volumes to how they played. Yeah, definitely you. Live your truth. You do you, man. Like, pick your dark horses. <laughs> Again, you're very non-traditional. We all know this travesty yep. in the caster yep. community. So, I mean, it's not a surprise at all. <laughs> we're going to – I'm going to move on to the next little bit of topic of discussion because Riot has put some marketing dollars into this to try and get people to come in and watch. And the crazy thing is that not only are there non-endemic people that don't watch – collegiate league of legends don't follow it but there's also people that even play league of legends that don't really follow this scene they they kind of leave it to the wayside because they don't have that collegiate 
allegiance, I guess. So if you were talking to someone that didn't really follow the scene or maybe even some sort of alumni that maybe went to one of these schools that doesn't really know about esports, maybe a little bit, but wants to watch, what would you tell them? Why should they watch between May 23rd and May 26th? It's the most creative, competitive environment that you can really have. Because of the fact, like I said, there's teams out here that make good things or things that you would think are bad into something that's great. For instance, I'm going to bring out something that NCSU has done in the past. They played Ziggs, Caitlyn, bot lane. Okay, if you see that in solo queue, culture, right? You're like, mm, my bot lane's going yeah. to lose. They're done. They're done. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, NCSU had the fastest game time inside of group inside of their group in play-ins. I don't know about the other groups' play-ins. If they beat their times, but it would be hard to beat. They ended a game in like 17 to 18 minutes. Like legitimately, it was like right after you could do an early FF, they were able to pick up a W. And they played Caitlyn Ziggs. I think their average game time on day one of play-ins was like a total amount of like 20 minutes and they played caitlin ziggs bot lane and they used the methodology where they ganked bot lane and they rotated the ziggs caitlin all around the map and just destroyed towers and ended the game before anything could happen that yeah that's that, that, that's spicy that, right that's great <laughs> i i can't lie that is creative it's something i out uh I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah! You can't, you can't. <laughs> all you can do is say, "I need to watch this and see how it actually works," and that's the beauty of the collegiate scene, right? MSU pulled out Garen versus NCSU, and the Garen pick. Normally, you see Garen, and you go, mm, "No, he's gonna get kited." This Garen sat on NCSU's face. All right, like the Garen was actually just—it was hard smurfing on the Garen pick that I got to see from MSU. You look at some of these other teams and how they're actually able to grab different resources. Like, if I look at some teams, you got your traditional teams, right? Like, I would look at a team like Maryville and say they're probably one of the best traditional teams inside of this competition. And they started off as the early favorites at the very beginning of this season. And they're still favorites now. But they're probably one of the best traditional teams and they're probably the easiest to understand win conditions inside of the league of legends scene especially when they have so many star players inside of their group that are able to work very well they're very flexible but let's talk about the fact that maryville they do a weird thing too right they play scion mid a lot of times it's something that they've done in the past they've taken scion first picked it and said all right it's going top or it's going mid it's pick your poison like that's crazy to think about that this team is able to have this level of versatility and then that used that to enable Niles, who is a very viable win condition. <laughs> I mean, watch Collegiate League of Legends. Because this is probably the best way to watch the League of Legends scene grow inside of your community as well. Because amateur teams are not as easy to put a stake into as it is your beloved college teams. There's always, like, you see NCSU... My cousin is an NCSU alumni, actually. Actually graduated from NCSU, has a whole bunch of posters up from NCSU all over his place. And when he saw I was casting it, he actually tuned into League of Legends. He didn't know what was going on. He plays Fortnite. 
And he was legitimately, like, intrigued by NCSU's playoff run going throughout the collegiate scene. Ah, I mean, that that's exactly what I want to see, the type of attention, I guess, the draw mm-hmm. that I want to see out of it when I, when I watch collegiate is I'm like, man, you can get people that aren't even into video games and mm-hmm. because everyone went to that college and it really is true when you go to a college for long enough, you just kind of bleed that college whether you want to or not that you'll watch something you'll watch college golf if it means that you're gonna beat your in-state rivals you know mm-hmm. uh, you'll it's watch on the tv league. man let's get yeah, it <laughs> i don't know what's going on but you know what i watch league of legends because my team has a chance to win a championship that i can hold over everybody else and say i am better than this person than billy than joe than mary mm-hmm. down the street that's my neighbor that's a florida gators fan i can say hey yeah. i'm better than you because we have a championship in something and I think that that's always a huge draw. And I'm glad that Riot is putting money behind it to try and get it out there to the gaming community first. And then maybe, hopefully down the road, to the broader, just non-endemic community as well and draw them in. Well, let's focus specifically on NCSU, though. Because I want to ask you what the road to championships was like for you. We talked about earlier how you guys had to go through the play-ins, knew the playoff bracket. But even the road before that, how were the ups and downs of that for this five-man squad because i already know shadow vision he's a great guy he's been playing for a long time that entire squad's been together with very little roster changes for the longest time so it's always great to see something like that succeed and make it this far yeah i honestly i love all the boys over there in csu and their support staff is also pretty great right like uh there's a lot of things that they did that they didn't have to do uh, just to try and make sure i was comfortable in different scenarios uh and like even like turning around and like retweeting the stream and stuff like that and just small things like that too where they jumped in there and then seeing the uh love and support that came out of their colleagues and whatnot was probably my favorite experience coming out of the whole entire thing because i just love seeing that kind of stuff but these i mean they grinded right like wolf skull rider hit challenger man like he actually put on his grind pants and grinded out the game to challenger uh and has been the most impressive player so for the very beginning i once i found out that i was going to be streaming all of the ncsu games uh the first thing that i did was uh i set it up to where i would be able to stream them at high quality uh and make sure they had graphics had custom graphics made for them i drove out to a separate location that way i knew there would be no noise no background noise nothing that could possibly interrupt from the gameplay i really wanted to make ncsu the focus i wrote down storylines i had documents written down i was trying to figure out what's going to be the weaknesses what's going to be the strengths uh and there were so many different things there was it was just great to watch everybody grow like shadow visions as you mentioned earlier uh if you can associate one type of champion to shadow visions it would probably be is it a magical girl if the answer is yes, then Shadow Visions can probably play it, actually. He's pretty comfortable on champions like Zoe, Ari, Talia, stuff like that. But this, in the collegiate scene, he busted out Zed. That's very far away from a magical girl, uh, some may say, at the very least. Uh, Wolf's Gold Rider played a very heavy carry-oriented style, uh, playing starting off with the Urga and whatnot, and then transitioning over to Silas drawing cannon bands every single game has been performing great plucking's been phenomenal 
in a lot of his plays, breaking out the J4 and whatnot, and has been very strong on that champion in of itself. Uh, in the bot lane itself, watching them grow, seeing the uh, seeing them take the Lucian Pike up whenever it's left open, right? Like they say, all right, we'll just play Lucian Pike, and just absolutely obliterating bot lane was great. But seeing how they easily coasted through the very beginning, they, they I mean, there's no other way really to put it. I think they got all the way to week four before they had to face Virginia Tech, and that was their first loss in the regular season, and it was. It was pretty nerve-wracking, man, especially when we ended up getting into the fact that we had to look into the league and we say, okay, so what are we looking at in terms of the playoffs, right? Who are we playing against who? And if you listen to the teams, Florida International, George Mason, NCS, uh, NCSU, Texas A&M University, UNC, UT Austin, UT Dallas, University of Virginia, and Virginia Tech. After we won our first round of games, we had to face Virginia Tech, and they were the number one seed. They went through the entire season undefeated, and that was something that was terrifying for me from the outside looking in because I had to sit here and think, oh, no, this is the team that beat us. This is the team that put us down in the season when we were, like, really hot, and now they're the number one seed. Nobody's been able to really beat them. I believe they were still undefeated at the end. I could be wrong on that. They could have dropped one game. But I believe they were undefeated at the end. They were the number one seed. And then we ended up just straight up taking them without them taking a single game off of us. And that was one of... That's probably my favorite experience that I've been able to have inside of the whole entire collision was the fact that I took that bitter taste of defeat that I got to feel as a person looking in that was really supporting the boys and uh, everybody else that was really supporting NCSU and then just seeing them being able to beat Virginia Tech like that was just like this it was just me affirming the fact that NCSU has grown into something to a level that they've never been right and then watching their performance in play-ins, like I told you, having an average of like 20 minutes in game time is phenomenal. And the fact that they went through everything and were able to play so well, they're the only team from the South Division that made it into the championship, man. They're the only ones that were able to get in. They're the number two seed. Like, they are the underdogs going into this. And I'm, I'm going to be really, I'm going to be supporting them. All uh, all night tomorrow night. I will be there in the chat room, supporting my boys, bleeding the red, and uh, being ready for NCSU because I want to see them take down Maryville. Honestly, I want it. I want to see it. It's gonna be hard, but man, if they do it, man, we just came off of MSI where we had all the upsets and all these different stories, and nothing's impossible when it comes down to League of Legends. I was going to say that we just had Team Liquid beat Invictus Gaming. So I think <laughs> anything is possible when it comes to League of Legends and to any esport or sport. And for sure, I'm going to be following them and, and rooting them on because one South Region guy to another. <laughs> NCSU and Georgia State have always had a friendly rivalry because you guys are always the ones that would beat us before we can make it to the next stage <laughs> out of the feels bad. Play. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, one of my local radio hosts said this about one of our local soccer team, Atlanta United, and I was like, hmm, that applies here where, right, like, 
we have a friendly rivalry with you guys, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like we both know we're good squads most of the time, and therefore the matches will always go. I think the last time I checked, besides maybe this season, we always go to a game five when it comes down to who's going to make it to the next round, and you guys seem to always win out. And our blood feud is with Georgia Tech. So it sounds like you've got a little bit of a, of a blood feud going on with Virginia Tech. Ours was Georgia Tech, and I know <laughs> how you feel. That felt so good when we beat them and beat them handedly. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like this is a really, really special group. Mm-hmm. And if for anyone listening out there, you know who you need to have your eyes on. It, the true underdog story of this tournament, it sounds like, is NCSU. But don't take that as a means that they're not good enough to be there not good enough to beat these other teams. Mm-hmm. It's just that they have a number eight next to their name instead of a number one, two, three, or four. So they're, I'm going to round this. They're, they're, I, I was going to say, the NCSU boys, right, like they might be the underdog inside of this. But let me tell you, when it comes down to League of Legends, one of the things that's out there, it might not make a lot of sense, is heart. And when it comes down to the NCSU boys, I know they got the heart, and they're going to figure out some sort of cheeky way to take down Maryville, man. I believe. I... I I'll be looking out for it. I will be looking out for it. But before we wrap this up, I just want to quickly ask you about some new news that came out mm-hmm. literally the day before. I, I don't. I, don't th- I think it was yesterday. I don't think it was today. It might have been today. I get my day. I think. I think the rumor came up uh, about two days ago. I think I know what you're about to talk about. But it came up. The rumor sprouted two days ago, and then it was official today. I think. Yes, and that is that. Riot is starting their own governing body for the collegiate scene. It's called the Riot Scholastic Association of America. This conversation cropped up because the NCAA decided that they were going to table the issue of picking up esports and adding that to the curriculum of sports that they wanted. And I'm going to talk about this probably on another Culture Corner video that I am glad they're not sticking their nose into esports. It's a good day for any esports savvy person that knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But... We're going to focus on what I want to ask you, which is what do you think this means for collegiate esports? Because for a long time, we've been asking for some sort of governing body. We just didn't know how the, what that was going to look like and what form that was going to take. We've had NACE pop up. There's Gel here in Georgia. So there's been small little governing bodies. Big Ten Network started their own stuff pretty much, and so did the Big East, I think. So uh, what are your thoughts on this move and what it means for the collective of collegiate esports, not just collegiate League of Legends? It, it makes me curious because I don't uh, I don't know if you got to see how Collegiate actually did their system inside this. So they allowed people to come in and get co- uh, colleges to say, hey, if you want your matches streamed, here you go. Here are this, this, this. You can have people. And then they had a page where they officially like linked where you could find every single game from what stream, where, who's broadcasting it, and all that stuff, which was to me, cool. Like, I, I can officially say that I've been on League of Legends, uh, uh, on Riot's website, right? I can be, say, oh yeah, I was on their website at one point in time. My name's out there, man! But, uh, <laughs> I, I, it makes me curious on how the governing body is going to look in situations like that, uh, making, seeing how stream and broadcast stuff would actually go about. I'm also very curious on how it's going to relate into the collegiate scene as a whole, uh, and how it connects to the rest of the leagues out there. Because one of the big things right now is Collegiate kind of stands on its own, right? Like, you don't really see a star Collegiate player and then say, Star Collegiate player! Oh, man, Cloud9 gonna sign him! Yeah, you know, like, you don't really talk about 
anything like that and i would actually like to see if there's any kind of connections that would be made with them finally getting a direction there and maybe making it to where there is a actual reliable road to becoming a professional player because right now it's this is how you become a professional player all right are you challenger <laughs> or not and are you toxic or not and it, how toxic are you if you are <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10? And even if you hit 10, sometimes you might be good. It's just as long as your name doesn't start with a T and ends with a Zan. But it, it comes down to a lot of different things like that. And it's not a very reliable way of actually being able to climb up. It becomes a lot more of who do you get to know? Uh, are you good at the game? Can you take your... Uh, solo queue playstyle and play at a competitive playstyle, uh, kind of something like Licorice or something like that. Can you be the next Licorice? Can you be the next Dardot? Can you be the next uh, amateur player out there that's really strong mechanically to get up there? And can you do that when you're 18 years old? Because one of the biggest things that I always gripe about is the road to it. You have to convince your parents. Because if you don't have your parents or family backing you up, not everybody can do like uh, Double Lifted, man, where he was able to say, all right, I'm pursuing this hardcore. I'm going to, even though my family doesn't approve, I'm going to drop this hardcore. I'm going to jump on this. Not everybody has the ability to do that. And I'm not saying, of course, he did. That was a scary time for him, I'm sure. Uh, but, I mean, if you look at this, this could add to a better network. It could inspire more people to possibly look to pursue it. And, I mean, even, like, a, I, I'm trying to remember the player's name. Revenged, I think, is who it was. He ended up foregoing, going professional and to for to continue focusing on uh, his college. To focus on becoming a med student, I believe, is what it was. And uh, he still streams and everything from now on now. But he turned around and made that decision. And I can completely understand because the road to becoming a League of Legends pro is a rocky one and it's terrifying because if you lose there or you don't make a good career there what's your fallback and i hope that this may be able to introduce a road to professional play or in put in some place uh some form of networking to make it where collegiates doesn't feel as separate from the professional scene from the academy scene and i think what you said earlier was was right on the dot about how this can help with more players playing out of college is when you you have to have your parents behind you even for baseball when i went to morehouse i had to have my parents behind me in that decision otherwise it just makes it really tough and what makes decisions like that easier is i wasn't playing baseball for free i had a nice scholarship check that i could be like hey i'm getting paid by my school to do this so it has to be legit please support me in this and most parents now that that's starting do I, i've seen the amount of parents that I've talked to about esports and the, how they react to it has swapped from a negative reaction to a positive reaction exponentially because it went from, I don't want my kid going to school for video games to, can you believe they actually pay kids to do yeah. <laughs> My kid's going to this college for the, can you believe this? And so, you know, that and also i like how we need to have a path to pro like overwatch does but something more complex because legion is a more league of legends overall period is a more complex competitive scene just because of how old it is yeah so 
we've seen the amateur scene start to pump out some pros. I mean, we have JJ as well that I believe played on a collegiate team. Was it UC Irvine? He played on a collegiate team and got moved to the pro scene. Maybe Toronto. I think he was part of that Toronto squad yeah. that lit the world up. Um, and the, the the inklings of it are there. The promise is there. Yeah. I just think, in my opinion, this could be a – it's black and white. It's, this could be a great or it could be a bust – I'm just hoping it's great, yeah. but I'm going to go ahead and let you go, man. We crossed the 30-minute line. I just want to thank you for joining me tonight, dude. You brought so much great information on the collegiate scene that not too many people besides one other caster I know could really bring, so I really appreciate you for that. Hey, man. It's anytime. I'm glad. I'm always here and happy to talk about the collegiate scene because my, my time here in this collegiate scene has been the best time, and honestly, everybody, watch it. it it's great. Support your local college support them even if they aren't a top team because that's how the scene grows and honestly and truly it's going to be the most fun that you have well that's going to do it here for us thank you for tuning into the episode if you enjoyed what you heard please follow it on your favorite listening app spotify uh, apple music anchor i'm on pretty much all of them spreaker if you're one of those weird people that <laughs> want to be counterculture just Follow me on Twitter as well, at ATLE Sports Guide. Travi, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me uh, at Travisy. Uh, that's T-R-A-V-Y-S-T-Y-Y. Somebody has the one that has just one Y at the end. Uh, what a punk that guy is. But uh, you can also find me at twitch.tv backslash Travisy. That's with one Y at the end, which is great. Uh, and, yeah, you can find me yelling about different things going on in life and find me yelling at video games from time to time as well well again thanks everyone for joining this episode of coach's corner thanks for coming by the corner we'll see you next time around the bend